we always got to, hey, how are you? Man, I'm doing awesome, man. How's the wife? She's great. You know, y'all haven't even talked in three weeks. You haven't even been home in a week. You're wearing what you're wearing yesterday. Nobody knows it because they didn't see you. But you're going to tell them you're good and everything's great at the house. Lie. No. Honestly, man, everything sucks. My marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do about it. But see, we haven't been taught. That hasn't been discipled into us. Vulnerability and transparency. And we're so afraid of judging people because we judge people that we can't just be honest with people. You know, <clears throat> some of the room knows this already, but I'm going to tell the whole room. We are probably the safest place that you've ever been. In this house, in this room, maybe the safest environment you've ever even been in. Because the purpose of our lives is pure confidentiality. And we don't care. We don't care. And all we want is to love you. It doesn't matter what you're going through or it doesn't matter how bad it is. We don't care. There's nothing you could say that would make us judge you. And there's nothing that you could say that would make us, that would drive us away. Because we just love. We just want to love people in wholeness. Because that's the gospel. That's the freaking gospel. <laughs> and in the process, this is what we'll say. Just do this for somebody else. You don't owe us nothing. You don't owe us nothing. Just pay it forward. Just love somebody else just like this. And show someone what this looks like, what it means to be vulnerable and transparent and to be broken in front of your spouse. And, and you know, last week, Kendrick, we told Kendrick we're going to get a, a sister. It's like going to a toy store, but bringing a human home. And he was like, what do you think? And he's like, I think I would like to have a sister. And because we've trained him that he can feel, he started crying. And we asked him why he was crying. And he said, well, Dad, I'm scared. I've never had a sister before. And I looked at my son, and I said, son, guess what? I'm scared, too because I want my son to believe that it's okay for him to, to feel. <clears throat> it's okay to feel. It's okay to be broken. It's the prerequisite. <clears throat> it's, it's actually the prerequisite for Jesus is accepting brokenness. And it's religion that tells us we can't be broken. It's a religion that tells us you've got to follow every rule and every law and always be perfect. And we've been freed from that. That's what Jesus died for. He died to set us free from religion. And what we, and, and the counterfeit version of the gospel is religion. And the, the true form of the gospel is relationship. <clears throat> and the perfect story is the, is the prodigal and the son that never left. The prodigal got some someplace jacked up and he was like, man, I'm jacked up. I need dad. I need to just go home to dad. Maybe he'll just let me be a slave. Like even the slaves get treated better than this. And he's like, I'm going home. And he's preparing this speech. I love it. I love this story. Because he wanted to go and, take, and ask his dad to become a slave. That's what he wanted to do. And, bef and his dad didn't even let him ask the question. Before I'll be a slave came out of his mouth, he was reinstated as son. And then the brother that never left, he's like, hey, didn't I do everything that I was supposed to do? But see, he didn't have a relationship. 
he wanted to be recognized for all he'd done and be rewarded with a patty cap. This dude got it because he just wanted that. And so religion is driven, it's religion drives performance. I'm good enough because I do enough. I'm good enough because I do good enough. <clears throat> I'm lovable because I try hard enough. You know, I'm acceptable because of rewards. That's what men were taught. Women were taught their uh, female, the female version, honestly, and then, then men were taught the male version. And ours is, our story was sports. <coughs> we can't cry. So the first performance is, you better be tough, son. And then you're, and then if you score a touchdown, I'll pat you on the back. But if you don't, I'm gonna scream at you all the way home for not trying hard enough. Pure performance. And women, yours was performing in the house or performing in school and having the best grades humanly possible. And then our culture turned us in against each other. Now, now the performance is men got to outdo women and women got to outdo men. And, and everyone's just trying to show how they're superior to everybody else. And that's just not what it's about. It's definitely not what the kingdom's about, but it's what the, it's what the counterfeit gospel's about, which is why we have whole entire communities of people. And everyone's goal is the same. They just want to hold the microphone. And they try to perform their way there. Serve on this team, serve on that team, serve on this team, take these lessons, do this stuff. Like, and, and I'm not even good enough. And that's the thing, that's the lie about performance and religion is I'm not good enough until I've done those things. Like Jesus loved Matthew the first day he met him. The same as the last day he knew him. He chose him because he loved him. Matthew. You know, when Jesus, when, when Jesus comes out of the water and out of the out of the, the, the Jordan, and the father says, This is my son who I love, who I'm well pleased. Y'all do realize, have y'all did y'all know that he hadn't done a single miracle yet? That dude hadn't done nothing. He loved him then. Because he was a son, period. Relationship. You give your life to Jesus. He hears the tiny, this tiny little baby cry in heaven, in the nursery in heaven. And he's like, oh, I love that sound. That's my little girl. Oh, she belongs to me. She gets my name. She gets a seat. She gets a throne. She gets inheritance. All power and authority instantaneously. Not because... She did anything, but because she became his daughter. That's the gospel. And you'll never make him love you more. You'll never make him love you less. If, if our behavior, think about this, because we think like this, like he'll love me better. I can go back to him when I get better. We, think, we say things like that. If our behavior was powerful enough to make him love us more, then our behavior would actually be more powerful than his love. Which means that we would then be his God. Because whoever is powerful enough to, to change the other person is God. And it's impossible. You literally can't. He loves you 100%. There's His meter has only got 100% on it. <clears throat> so there's religion and there's religion. 
relationship. I've already, I've already, I've already written this word, but I'm going to say it again. Because it's actually, it, it fits here too. So we, what we do is we try to perform our way into his love. Because we won't let him have the things that are keeping, out of, keeping us out of his presence. You follow me? He, he just wants you to be with him. But there's things that we're holding on to that are illegal the closer you get to him. There was the outer courts. Actually, we'll start here. There were leper colonies. You know why he made leper colonies? It's said in the Bible, but I believe this to be true. Because he loved those people so much that he made a place for them to live. Because if they were any closer to him than that, his holiness would have killed them. So he spared the sick because his presence is so pure that the sick can't be in it. That's why they got healed in it. And so he's like, I love those people so much. You give them a place to live because they'll die if they come any closer than that. My presence is too powerful. And we hold on to all this crap because we've believed in a gospel that says we don't have to let it go. And then we just don't, we don't, we hit brick walls in the spirit. And he just wants us in his presence. And because we, we turn into like court jesters. And then this, and then this happens. We just start chasing emotion. If I can scream loud enough, sing hard enough, dance fast enough, dance, dance enough. Like the whole thing is like a it's a whole, the whole thing becomes a performance. And then we have these emotion-driven encounters with them on Sundays. And we know they're emotional because they don't even, they don't become change. You can't, there wasn't a human being that encountered Jesus. Even the ones that, the ones that killed him. Because they didn't want to kill him until they encountered him. So every single person that encountered Jesus changed. Every single one changed. <clears throat> so if we're going to some place to worship, and I understand the, the, <laughs> the group that I'm talking to is basically the same church, but all I'm saying is this, because I'm not, I'm actually talking to a lot of people. If you're going to a place and everyone's getting jacked up and no one's lives transforming, it's because you're encountering an emotion-driven environment on Sunday mornings and not the presence of God. <clears throat> And the thing about, and really the opposite of emotion is, emotion-driven is obedience-driven. And I hate to say it, and I'm going to say it a certain way on camera. But the truth doesn't care about how you feel. They don't care about how you feel. It's not considering your feelings. It's not considering anybody's feelings. The Lord's up there. He's not up there weighing how you feel about it and trying to decide whether or not he's going to ask you to do it. I can promise you that. And so the question is, are we going to be obedient? Because the kingdom's obedient. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. He didn't say, I only see the Father do. I only do what I see the Father doing unless I don't feel like it. You know, it says, <clears throat> husbands, die, to your, die for your wives 
like Christ died for the church unless you don't feel like it. Or unless you don't feel like she deserves it. And it says, women, submit to your husbands unless you don't feel like it. It don't say that. Or unless you don't feel like he deserves it. Or unless you don't feel respected. Unless you don't feel honored and loved. It didn't, there's no there's no exclusionary clauses in the thing. <laughs> it, they're just not in there. But we, and we've never even thought this, but I'm saying it. And what what we all can agree on together is that we act like there's exclusionary clauses. And that's counterfeit. Because it's, boom, obedience. 